I'm on the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CHP, see the phenol. Hey, you. Football scores going on from last night. 
Um, got recruited a week as brought to you by Streetlight Recruiting and my man Scott Smith. Uh, but first off, we're going to start off with a devotional. And this devotional is pretty good. I think some people need, may need to hear this because I need to hear it myself. It comes from James 1, 12 through 16. And the scripture goes as such. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So, to build a defense against temptation, we must understand how it works. Every sin originates as a thought, often the result of a flaming arrow Satan shoots our way. If a believer holds on to the thought, it becomes a fantasy, the chance to imagine what it would be like to pursue that notion without actually doing so. The problem with fantasies is that they can easily be entangled with a person's emotions. This creates a desire, which brings the believer to the point where a choice must be made, and he or she must either consent to the sin or refuse. This process is quite dangerous, as the progression from thought to choice can almost be instantaneous. Wise believers will determine ahead of time to resist temptation before it enters their consciousness. There are two cornerstones of a good defense. The commitment to obey God and the recognition that he is in control and has limited what Satan can do. We can further fortify our defenses when temptation actually comes. Satan has a way of spotlighting the pleasure of sin until it's all we see. But with conscious effort, we can refrain from our focus to the bigger picture. Is this choice a violation of God's word? What are the consequences? Am I prepared to pay that price? No defense against temptation is complete without scripture and prayer. Every moment spent meditating on the word and communicating with God builds our faith. As the bulwark around our mind and heart strengthens, we are ever more prepared to douse Satan's flaming arrows. So, that's a little bit of food for thought for you. Some people may need to hear that. I know I need to hear that from time to time. But we're going to take this quick station break because I'm so ready to start talking about rivalry Saturday. we got some big games going on this Saturday. And just, just one of those days where you're just glad to be here on earth and you're glad to be here in front of friends and family. So with that, we'll take a quick station break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jamal. I'm part of the show. Now we're about to get in, we about to we about to get a little, little bit happy, a little bit. I wouldn't say overjoyed. I'll just call it joyed because it's rivalry Saturday, and got some big big games coming up today. Got the Red River rivalry. We got. Miami, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Clemson. I mean, Northwestern, Michigan, Georgia, Tennessee, a border war. Um, LSU, South Carolina. And, you know, big shout-out to Louisiana State University, Les Miles, Joe Olivia, that whole athletic department there for, the, for what they've done humanitarily with with the great people of South Carolina. And just very, very excited to see that game still go on. It's going to be in Tiger Stadium, Death Valley. It's a 3.30 game. And you get to see the whiteout as South Carolina was going to do. So South Carolina's going to wear all white. And LSU's going to break out the purple jerseys for the first time in a very, very long time. So – very excited about about what's going on there. Very excited that was going to go on in Dallas. Very excited what's going on in Tallahassee. You know, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Illinois, Iowa. I mean, woo! Let's just get started now. You know, the twelve o'clock games are usually some of the some of the the weirdest games because you don't know how they're going to go. But you have two teams that are going in opposite directions. One team in Texas, another team in Oklahoma. Texas is going to get worse before it gets better. Oklahoma, they've got a Oklahoma. They they're in a status quo again. They're starting they're starting to be the the Oklahoma of old, and it's just very very it's going to be very fun to see a Red River rivalry. That is one going to be plotless because Texas is on such a down slope right now. Well, they've lost two of their last three, and they've lost two of the last three very, very big, like very bad upset. Um, you know, 
not finishing games against Cal and Oklahoma State, and then just getting taken to the cleaners by by TCU last week, we're starting to see what could and what could not be at Texas. Texas strong recruiting class this coming coming season with the with the twenty sixteen Oklahoma's just as strong recruiting wise. You know, this is gonna come down to who wants it more. And right now, we look at Oklahoma, we look at that schedule that they'll have in the next few weeks. Well where they'll have to where they have TCU, they got Baylor and they have um they have Texas Tech all in all in that three or four week span. This is this is a barometer game for Oklahoma. They're on the cusp of being that top five, top six team, but they've got to show some things. They've got to have some things going their going their favor um, today. And but I don't think it'll be as bad as people think. I think that Oklahoma's gonna win. They're gonna win big. Baker Mayfield's gonna have a big day. Somebody Piran's gonna have a big day. And you're gonna just see you're gonna just see a whole lot of a whole lot of points being put up on the board. Strikers gonna have a great day defensively. That that front seven for for Oklahoma is getting back to what that front seven was in the in the two, in the early part of the century. So Oklahoma, I, I, Oklahoma, big, very big, uh, not big. You know, we're moving forward, and you know we, we're talking about more of the early games, and we're, we're, I'm looking at games like Maryland, Ohio State, Maryland. We all know. This past weekend, what what the deal is with Randy Exall? Uh, he's going Betty by uh, soon, um, maybe even as early as Tuesday. But um, I think some of the particulars have to be have to be worked out there in terms of his buyout and things of that nature. Maryland goes to Ohio State today, and I think the defensive woes of Ohio will continue, but I also think that Maryland can't put any points on the board. You know, Ohio State's got three quarterbacks that they can play, and they're still not – they're still unsettled at the quarterback position. Even though they're 5-0, and they remind me of a Florida State team last year. And that Florida State team, you know, they won by the skin of their teeth. And last week, Ohio State went to Indiana, and Indiana gave them all they can handle. So, Kevin Wilson and those guys, they deserve a big big round of applause and, and just a credit to that program and a credit to what those guys can do over there in Bloomington. Ohio State got exposed last week. Uh, we noticed that they have no secondary. We noticed that they can't stop the run as well as they've been stopping the run. And Maryland, on the other hand, Lord bless them. So I, I just, really, I really hope that that whole this whole Randy Etzall situation works itself out because. You know, Maryland's probably known more so for their base, for their basketball than their football, but 
the Mar- but the Maryland faithful do fill up Bird Stadium faithfully, and for them not to have a good product moving from the SC- from the ACC to the Big Ten is a bit of is a bit of a farce, if you ask me. You knew what you were getting from Randy Edsall when you when you brought him in as head coach. You knew the type of head coach you had. He's not ready for the big time. You knew he wasn't ready for the big time, but you had to get somebody in. You know, now who do you turn to to be your next head coach at, at the University of Maryland? Do you go to Ed Ogeron? Do you go the offensive coordinator route? Do you go after Red Lashley, as been rumored? I mean, who do you go after if you're Maryland right now? So, with that being said, Ohio State, Urban Meyer, Jalen Marshall, Ezekiel Elliott, those guys, Cardell Jones, JT Barrett, and some of the other, and some of the other supporting cast, Joey Bosa, and those that list of characters. Ohio State's gonna win this game. They're gonna win this game pretty comfortable, but the quarterback play has to show up, and it hasn't shown up much this season. And that's due basically to the uncertainty at quarterback. I mean, are you going to settle on one guy? Or are you going to play both guys? You're starting to see that your system's starting to be exposed. So I think you really got to just settle on that one guy. And if Cardell Jones is your is your guy, stick with him. If JT Bears your guy, put him in and let him play. If you want to put Braxton Miller back there, again, put him back there. You gotta put somebody back there that you that you're gonna depend on, and not just play people over and over, just play back and forth, series to series with different quarterbacks. Just starting, it's starting not to work. So I'm gonna say Ohio State big, Ohio State, Ohio State pretty handily. At least three touchdowns. So. That's some of the some of the early games that that I wanted to point out and um, check out some scores from both Thursday and Friday night over in the Pac-12. Chris Peterson uh, and the Washington Huskies uh, were a 17-12 winner over uh, USC, uh, number 17 USC, and that's two losses at home for USC, and you don't see that very often. Well, you saw it with Lane Kiffin, but Steve Sarkeesian is cut from that Lane Kiffin mode, and it's starting. I'm wondering if Pat Hayden has a writing on the wall with him, also. I mean, that's just. I mean, that that's a big question. Cody Kessler had a pretty awful night. A uh, pretty awful night. Had two interceptions. Um, the defense showed up to play, but the offense couldn't manufacture any kind of any kind of touchdowns. Four field goals. And they actually went four for six with two kickers. So, um, so with that, so with that, you know, your special teams and your kickers aren't aren't that strong. You know that that's a cause for disaster, and that's what happened in that game. 
Um, also, Thursday night, Houston and SMU got together. Um, SMU's still got their woes going. And they've dropped a one and five. We're 49-28 loss to Houston. And uh, Houston with their first-year head coach who, uh, you know, they're doing very, very well. And they're, and they're knocking on the door of the uh, AAC, of the American. And that sets up a really, really critical showdown with Memphis looming in the, in the next couple of weeks. Um could this be could this be the game of the year in the AAC, Houston and Memphis? Well, that that's that's left to be determined. Uh Memphis has played tonight also. So moving on, Friday the rare ACC game on Friday night, Virginia Tech uh beat beating NC State twenty eight thirteen. Um Virginia Tech Pretty much did what Virginia Tech does. They ran the ball, they threw the ball a little bit, and they put up 28 points, which is pretty typical. And they also got a block punt in that game, also. So, uh, pretty much status quo there. Uh, Bud Foster, he finally got his defense together, and this is a whole lot of fun. Um, we're gonna jump into some. We're gonna jump into some high school scores. Real quick, um, one six eight in the state of Georgia. We're gonna jump to the state of Georgia, and I, wow, this this sets up so perfectly next week. Um, in one six eight, Camden County was a winner over Lowndes, thirty eight nineteen. Cockwood County, uh, Cockwood County and Lee County played last night, and Luke Bryan's Lee County team. Got destroyed by uh, number one and defending state champion Cockwood County, fifty-four to seventeen, and that sets up a regional one-six-a showdown next week with Valdosta. Uh, Valdosta beat Tiff County twenty-six twenty-three in a very tightly played game, um, and typical South Georgia football. Next week, Moultrie, Georgia, is going to be the epicenter of Georgia football, Georgia high school football, where Cockwood County and Chocolate County and Valdosta, and Valdosta invades the pig pen in Moultrie, Georgia, and plays Russ Prost, Cockwood County Packers. And I played against both of these teams, and the tradition there with both schools goes way back. And that's an eight o'clock game next week. You'll see you'll you'll be able to see that game actually, uh, if you're in the Georgia if you're in the Georgia area or in the border states of Alabama, you'll see that game on GPB. And I'm very excited to see this game. I wish I I wish I had the three hours to drive down there on a Friday night and and to take in this ball game because th- this is one of this is one of those traditional rivalries that only only a guy or a football purist would love. And it's just a big-time game there. Moving on to Region 2, Lovejoy was a big, big winner over Lakeside of the Cab, 68-14. to 
Tucker was a win over Rockdale County, 56 to 21. Um, moving on to Region 3. Um, some close games here. Um, Hughes and East Coweta, which is another, which is another uh, matchup of two teams that are that are on the cusp of being in that top ten um, in the state. Well, uh, Hughes Hughes actually beat East Coweta twenty nine twenty one. Westlake beat Noonan forty one to twenty one. Um, and Hughes and Westlake actually played next week also. So this has got some big playoff implications come coming up with a lot of these games now that they're a lot of these games are in region play now. So a lot of these schools are in region play. Um, moving on further down. Um Walton bounced back from that loss last week, uh, by getting a win over Pope forty nine to ten. Roswell was one over Wheeler forty five to seven. Um Moving on, Collins Hill, um, number 10 in the state, 49-10 to over Duluth. Norcross was a winner again over Meadow Creek uh, and in that top three in the state. Mill Creek was a winner over Mountain View, 42 to nothing, And Peachtree Ridge was a winner over North Gwinnett, 42-6. to And that makes four consecutive losses for, for Coach Spires and, and that North Gwinnett team. Um they are officially eliminated from playoff contention after, after that loss also. Uh, moving on to Region 8, Archer and South Gwinnett. Uh, Archer beats uh, South Gwinnett 38-3. Parkview, a big win over Berkmar, um in a big brother versus little brother battle in Lilburn, uh, 69-0. Brickwood played Central Gwinnett in another all-Snellville affair. Uh, Brickwood beating Central Gwinnett. Six, uh, thirty-three to twenty-eight, and Grayson, a big, big winner over Shiloh, sixty-six to nothing. Moving on to some of the local scores around, around um, the Columbus area and around around my area. Um, Shaw beat Columbus thirty-four to twenty-four, and Harris County beat Hardaway forty-nine to seven. And we go on, we go on further down. And Carrollton beat uh, Fayette County, uh, thirty to two. Uh, Sandy Creek beat Whitewater, forty-two to seven, in an all Fayette County affair. And number one Woodward Academy of four A uh, was a win over Troop last night, fifty-one to twenty-one. So um, that's some of the scores from around the, from around the state of Georgia. Um, also. Um, Bowden played Greenville, and uh, Greenville has uh, recruited a week. Renal Griffin on 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 their squad uh, for Greenville. Greenville actually was a loser last night, and Renal Griffin actually got a touchdown in that game. Uh, Thirty-five to six was they were a loser to Bowden. Uh, Pacelli was a winner over Sly County, thirty-four to nothing. So, um, some rather strong scores around the state of Georgia. Um, very excited, like I said, very excited about some of the games around here. Um, yeah, I'll give you some other scores from around the, around the state of Georgia a little later on. But we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. 
Welcome to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Uh, well, 3.30 game is going to be pretty fun also. You know, you got got a couple got a couple games in the, both the, the Big Ten and the ACC that a lot of people are going to be taking – taking in and one of the games that really intrigued me and me being a Chicago kid and everything is Northwestern and Michigan who the thunk that Northwestern would be undefeated right now going into the big house with implications all over the place whether it be the Big Ten race, whether it be the national, whether it be a playoff position, this has got all the writings of being a big defensive, just all-out classic Big Ten matchup. You have the top two defenses, not only scoring defense, running defense. You also have uh a top ten. Also have a top ten uh, pass defense in in Michigan. So we're we're gonna see some different things, and we're gonna see what the quarterback play for Northwestern can do. They're young. You're gonna see the senior graduate transfer Jake Rudolph. See what he can do as a game manager, and see what he can see what he brings to the table. Um. You know, the last two games for Michigan have been shutouts. And Northwestern, they've just been beating guys up and they pulled off a up they pulled off a win last week. So this is one of those games where if you're a, if you're a purist, a college football purist or a football purist, this is gonna be right down your alley because both teams, they're they're not going to be flashy offensively. They're not going to be flashy. They're they're not going to be flashy defensively. They're just going to bring the lunch pail and just go to work. So, this, like I said, this is this is a big time game. This is Northwestern's. If Northwestern can win this game, this will be Pat Fitzgerald's coming out party. And if Michigan can win this game, this will show the nation that Michigan is for real. And that the whole Brady Hope situation and Brady Hope being there was just the wrong decision, period. So, like I said, this has all the all the makings of being a classic. And I I really would like to see Northwestern win because last like time I'm a Chicago kid, but. I'm leaning more toward Michigan because of the experience that they have at quarterback, the established running game, the experience that Harbaugh has in big game situations. Pat Fitzgerald. Um, You know, both of them come from opposite backgrounds. Pat Fitzgerald was a star at, at Northwestern. Um, Harbaugh was a star for both Beckler. So, you know, you're going to have their philosophies clash and that's what's going to make a great matchup for the, for today 
especially in the Big Ten. And like I said, as much as I would like to see Northwestern win, I just don't think that they I don't think that they have the firepower offensively to deal with the firepower that Michigan has. They'll get stops offensively, but can they steal the can they steal the points that they need? Can they get touchdowns where where field goals are kicked? Can they get can they get that, that one stop or a defensive touchdown or that one big turnover? You know, I think they can, but at the same time, Michigan's gonna be able to do the same things that, that Northwestern does. So this is almost looking in the mirror, so to speak, defensively. But offensively, you know, you just don't know what you're gonna get from either team. But I like Michigan. I like Michigan in a closer than experts think kind of kind of game, simply because they can stop the pass and they can stop the run and they don't give up many points defensively. So I, I want I will say Michigan. Um, Michigan by a field goal. I think Kenny Allen's going to get a field goal that's going to take them over the top. Um, even though Vegas has them as a as a seven point favorite, I'm going to say field goal. Um, moving on, we're going to stay in the state. Illinois, Iowa, in a in a bit of a border a border war. Um, Illinois, Illinois is a quiet four and one. Um, and Iowa is five and zero, and Iowa with CJ Beathard, and and that in that pretty much veteran receiving core. Um, I like CJ Beathard. I love his arm. He's got a very strong arm. Um, could he be a surprise in 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 this year's draft? Being one of the, one of those draft guys, one of those quarterbacks with the strong arm in this year's draft. I. I think he's still got a lot of growing up to do, and he's only a sophomore. So, if he comes out early, I think it'll be it'll be the wrong decision. But Illinois, Illinois has a has a healthy quarterback now, and there's no Tim Beckman to to deal with. Bill Kubit, offensive coordinator, took over in the interim basis when uh, Beckman got fired um, a couple of days before the season began. Illinois got Illinois got some great players offensively. They did lose they did lose a receiver um, in spring to a knee injury, but Illinois, for me, they've always been that that team that always has good talent, but never got over the hump. And now with with all the turmoil turmoil gone. You see, you see a bit of togetherness with this group. You see, you see a whole lot of heart out of this group. And Westland leading leading the side. He's healthy. He's throwing the ball well. He's handling, you know, they got good running back play, and they've got a great defense. And this is something that Illinois has always hung their hat on, even of the days of Dick Buckus. You know. Having having a great defense and having stars on the defensive side of the ball, this is what they this is what they held their hat on. But now you're starting to see it flip the other way 
where you have a great offense, and then you got a complimentary defense. So that being said, can Illinois stop stop what Iowa does in the running game? Can they stop? Can the secondary hold up with those veteran receivers that Iowa has? I say yes, but at the same time, it's what Illinois team are you going to get? Are you going to get the team that got beat really, really bad? Are you going to are you going to have the the Illinois team that's been playing very, very well and won three straight? You know, it's very, very difficult to say. And with Iowa, Iowa starting to get back to where they were in in those days in the mid nineties, where they were ninety eight and seventeen. From ninety nine to two thousand two thousand seven, and and it's just, it's very very good to see Kirk Ferentz get back on the high horse, get back to where he was and where his team should be at. So Kennedy Stadium is going to be going to be rocking the twelve o'clock kickoff. I I'm excited to see this game. I mean, simply because it's a Big Ten matchup and. It's an in-state school, my in-state school. My cousin actually graduated from the University of Illinois. So I I, I want to see Illinois do well. I don't think they'll beat Iowa. I think Iowa will win this game. I think they'll win this game by two t- by by two touchdowns, actually. So uh, I'll take Iowa in that game. Uh, here we go. We go on to some other games. By me living in Georgia now and being a Georgia kid, you know, you got a couple of Georgia, you got a couple of rivalry games within the state of Georgia. Uh, Georgia's got a border war with Tennessee later on, and Georgia Tech has a has a rather difficult matchup with Clemson. And Georgia Tech's actually lost three in a row, and there was a lot of optimism coming coming uh, Georgia Tech's way uh, about the season. Um, you know, they got a veteran quarterback. They've got transfers coming in um, all over the place. And there was just this optimism that they're going to win. They're going to win the ACC and they're going to take, they're going to get a playoff spot and they're going to win the national championship and all this stuff. You know, I didn't jump on that bandwagon because Georgia Tech isn't deep. They're very, very thin up front. They lost a lot of guys to injury in the spring game. So, you know, you knew what you were going to get from them from the jump. Um, did I think that they would get beat the way that they did three games in a row? You know, you get throttled by Notre Dame, and then <laughs> you get beat up by Duke. I mean – just as this is one of those deals where you don't know what Georgia Tech team you're gonna get ever. You don't know whether you're gonna get a good Georgia Tech team. You don't know whether you're gonna get a rather crazy Georgia Tech team. Um, you change offensive coordinators, you change defensive coordinators, you know, because you gave up too many points last year, but you're still giving up points like you like they're going out of style now, and with Clemson, Clemson's got a great defense, great quarterback, Deshaun Watson, Gainesville, Georgia, 
know, guy that I've been very high up on, and he's a true sophomore with the mindset of a senior quarterback. And that's why he's going to be a leading contender for for the Heisman this year, simply because of his leadership skills and the way that he plays. Um, he's got some great receivers around him. He's got a great running game around him. And he's got a coach named Dabo. How many people do you know that has a coach named Dabo? I mean, gotta be. I mean, this is the name alone, you know, you, Dabo. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, the name alone should just make you happy. I mean, I got a smile on my face. I mean, say it with me, Dabo. Dabo. I mean, it it makes you smile. Yeah, Dabo. I mean, and my admin, I mean, she liked Dabo because, you know, he was an Alabama graduate. So, you know, but my question is, did you like Mike Shula when he was there too? Since he was an Alabama graduate? <laughs> Never mind. No. <laughs> no, I, I promise. But, but um, getting back to my thought, um, I just like I, I like Clemson. I mean, I like Clemson's game. I think Georgia Tech's gonna lose their fourth straight game. Um, I just I like the firepower that they have at Clemson. I love the, I love the direction of the new offense where they're they're speeding up the process, whereas. Under under Morris, when Morris, they didn't go. They're, now they're like at warp now, and that that makes Clemson that much that much better. So I like Clemson. I like Clemson. I actually like Clemson pretty pretty handily in this game. And they want to, but it's just the is just the question of it is can they stop the option? Can they stop the option? Can they stop um, Mr. Scove and and those guys at Georgia Tech? It's yet to be seen. But um, we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back.
cuffs the looser, touching down, touching down, holding the crystal ball, clutching crown dynasty. Well, Brian's ghost steady reminded me our defense is dominant, plus offensive line of beast, running back, safeties and cornerbacks, we on attack, roll tide, 200 interceptions, 100 sacks, elephants are super intelligent, but if ever pushed, we'll stomp war eagles and gators, if they are edible, sports and a highlight, they, they are incredible, look up at the scoreboard, if they win, ahead of you, roll tide. Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being part of the show. We're going to jump into, some, going to jump into the Recruiter of the Week as provided to me by Streetlight Recruiting and Scott Smith, your Jerry Maguire of recruiting. For all your recruiting needs, if you want to check him out, check him out at streetlightrecruiting.com. Check him out on on YouTube, um, Streetlight Recruiting. You also check him out um you also check him out on his on his Twitter feed, which is SLR underscore recruiting. So, well, with that being said, we're going. Uh, the recruiter of the week is actually and that is actually a wide receiver, running back, athlete. Um, he's a senior. He's from the he's a 2016 class. Uh, named Tanner Black from Opelika High School in Opelika, Alabama. Uh, he's five ten, about 180 pounds. Very speedy, very shifty. He's got great hands. Um, he's got ball skills. Um, he can play corner if he, if if needed to, but he's more of a running back receiver kind of player. Um, this is a guy who went from zero offers uh, week one to two weeks ago getting offers from both Army and Washington State. Um, he's also he's also maybe getting an offer from Troy. Um, which is any day now, um, as I understand it. He's been making some visits to some schools. And um, very excited to see a kid from around the area um, do some big things. Um, and with that with that segue there, we're going to jump into some scores from the state of Alabama. Uh, for Thursday night, um, some local, some local schools um, – Central of Coosa County, Central High School of Coosa County, um, Beulah 30 to 14 uh, in, the, in the region battle in 3A. Um, Notasoga was a winner over Billingsley 28 23. Wiley got a win last night over Donahoe 46 to nothing. And Go further down, and then some big games happened around reason um two a um 
Lynette played Lochapoca. Um Lynette was a winner over Lochapoca last night, forty to twenty one. Um big region matchups uh, around the region around region two, around region five and, and uh two A. Ramburn and, and Horseshoe Bend got together last night. Ramburn was a winner forty four to seven over Horseshoe Bend. Um and the big game in that region, uh, Randolph County and Lafayette. Uh Lafayette was was a top five team coming into that game and so was Randolph County. And uh Randolph County came to Lafayette and Bulldog Stadium and um they took over the they took over the building, um, winning forty nine to twelve in that matchup. Um Another score. Other scores from uh, around the region, around region five and two A. Real time was a win over Woodland, uh, thirty-one to six. So that sets up a big matchup next week in Lafayette, Alabama. Uh, Lynette High School and Lafayette um, getting together in that in that rivalry of, of black and gold Panthers versus Bulldogs. Um, I'll be there next week, actually, and you'll hear some you'll hear some sounds and and things from that game um, next weekend. Um, jumping back, scores around the state of Georgia. Foley was upset last night, uh, Thursday night, thirty uh, sixteen. Uh, further down. Hattieville High School was a winner over Hamilton, uh, thirty-five to seven. Central Central High School, Flor Florence, uh, was a winner over Wilson, uh, fourteen nothing. Viger was a winner over Faith Academy, thirty-three to seven. Ufala was a winner over Charles Henderson, forty-seven twenty-eight. Uh, Silicago was a winner over Shelby County. Uh, forty nine to forty eight. Tallahassee was a winner over Marbury, forty seven to twelve. Going further down in the South Georgia, in the South Alabama. I'm sorry. Uh, Sarah Lamb was a winner over Baltimore County, fifty six to thirty five. Daphne a winner over Gulf Shores, twenty eight to seven. Uh, Spanish Fort and Blunt got together last last night also. And uh Spanish Fort beat Blunt forty one to thirty-eight. Uh Dothan beat Northview forty three to forty two. Opelika was Opelika was a big winner over Valley last night. Uh Cordier, do I need do I need to say the score? Yeah. Okay, um Cordier, your Valley Rams lost. You went to school there, buddy. Oh, seventy. Hey, come on here and say this. And come on, and say it in the mic. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Seventy-one to nothing. Uh. Um. Wow. Um. I mean, my true power Tigers didn't do didn't fare too well either. I mean, they got beat by thirty, but they did put some points on the board though. <laughs> Seventy-one to nothing. You know, 
you know, it's funny because on my Facebook post, I had I had thought about going to this game. I wanted people to tell me what game I should go to. And yeah, and I'm so I'm so happy that Cordier, my man Cordier, check him out Thursday night's turntable Thursdays by the way. That he told me not to go to this game because they would get beat. But I I thought it was gonna be a, a nice slow game. The pace of the game was gonna be pretty good, but Mm, 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 mm. Lord Jesus. Um, seventy-one to nothing. Uh, I'm sorry. I, you know, wow. Um, moving on. Um, also in that region. <laughs> uh, also in region two, Stanhope Elmore was a was a big win over Russell County. Sixty to six. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to go through this with a straight face, but I can't right now. Um, you know I love you, buddy. You know, you know this, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Time out. We're gonna go back to this to the score of seventy one to nothing with Opelika and Valley. Negative twenty three yards of total offense. Okay, how many yards of uh, how many yards of offense did they give up? Wow, that that's like middle school playing high school. Um, Opelika will beat Spanish Sport in in the state championship game. I will say I will say that I will say that very proudly. Spanish Sport will lose to Opelika this year. It will be an all South Alabama six a final. You heard it right here, man. Okay, I mean. If you, you, let's look at let's look at this real quick. You you know where you know where this is going. You got Daphne, Spanish Sport, Stanhope. Hope down this year, but they still they they down this year, but they they still gonna make the playoffs. And then Oxford, McAdory, John Carroll. John Carroll actually lost last last night. They lost big last night too. Seventy six to six. I'm I'm that's what I'm saying. It's like wow. Man does have a point there. I'm just I'm I I I I can't even can't even disagree with you on that, bro. But I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously though. I mean we look. I mean we're looking at these scores right now. Clay Chalkville beat Shades Valley, fifty-two to fourteen. Um, Albertville, Albertville Arab High School. 
Actually, my my partner and my co-host Scott Smith was at this game. He's got some. He's got some kids on both on both sides of both sides of this game. Both sides of this uh this game. Arab Albertville, Arab Dawson Hyatt, um, Albertville got another got a quarterback and a running back also that he that he's helping to recruit through streetlight recruiting, um, and both of those guys had great games, but Albertville came on top of Arab sixteen to seven, um, other scores from Northeast Alabama, Fort Payne was a winner over Scottsboro. Um, and then we go down to South Alabama again, 7A. We're going to go to 7A scores now. We're looking at McGill, too. A power in 7A, 24 to nothing win over Davidson. And Davidson's supposed to have been a pretty good team this year. You know, and they always had a great basketball team. So, that that's funny to me. Yeah, the Central beat the Central – Beat uh, Triple A Academy out of the state of Texas. Um, the funny thing about Triple A Academy is that Triple A Academy, their offensive coordinator was Deion, is Dion Sanders, and he was actually at the game. He was actually, he was actually in the booth, and they got beat really bad by Central Phoenix City, forty nine to nothing. Um. Dion, I think Dion, um, he had a little uh, must be the money moment. You know, he was just dancing instead of you know calling plays. You know, y'all remember the song "Must Be the Money"? I mean, come on now. I mean, I'm trying to must be the money. <laughs> but you know, moving forward, Smith Station got a win last night. They beat Jeff Davis. Uh, Smith Station got a win last night. Auburn got a win last night over R.E. Lee, Robert E. Lee, 28 to 14. And those are some of the scores from from the state of Alabama. Um, It's brought to you by the the AHSAA.com. And we're going to take a quick station break. We're gonna be right back. We're gonna jump into some other into some other interesting games and we'll be talking about um another border war between uh Georgia and Tennessee. Also the big game out in the Pac twelve. Um so hang tight, we'll be right back. This is the tailgate crew. searching for this truth here.
Yeah, your world just living in it. Maybe I could get away. Yeah. Boston, Massachusetts. Home of the pride Maybe of music. Through the months of the I can get away. Through the summer of the I can get away. Hey, at least crib, I can get away. Yeah. I'm so dumb, I'm too Still pushing more driving and new bands. Still got a tight aim for the loose ends. Betting fools, I can pay dues with my two cents. I'm hippie paint to your gray world. Black and white through the crowd like they were. They showing true color when you take away the pigment. When you take away the difference in it. We splashing it all vivid. I'm flying with no engine. They running with all gimmick. Right about the blue like a scout fell. Stand back, shit calm like a stop bell faded in the mind. A 9-5 product of the time. Tune navigation, new direction for the blind. 24 7 battle gets time with a 617 on the side. Let him ride. I hear Cali for the in and out Got the normal scene on a different route So they wonder what the kid about Meet it from the views, never know it till you live it out 90 minute winning from records that I was kicking on Living by the minute, don't gotta capture the image Ain't it dag, how me and music could get along New control, mood switching with a different song got Teddy on the level drop Since gon' hit him like a chill pill prop Rhyme game patient at the L kid jock I love it for what it is, I hate it for what it's not I'm no ass no Mac, no Adams, not you, not them With the lights on my own, I set the stage Through the balance of the stones, I get away Through the minds of the best, I can get away The bomb knives when I meditate Yeah Up with that real, that's my natural hazard. Word, 
We those young men with those sharp minds Going all in, it's no part-time And we taking that cause it's our time Same drive with that new gas And that's old school, just new class Cameras out like news flash And we hit the sky with that new cash Words, and I've been running for days Ever since I broke up out of the cage Been up and away like par fives We drive them insane And I leave no trace on a place I fade away till I made a way clean Got the whole world on the case But no matter what, you won't stop my team I'm moving through the city Busy riding deep Getting stronger by the day They weaker by the week Competition gets outworked, so it works out fine And every single minute we in it We break limits from 10 miles out You can see us shine, what's good? Perfection, trying to manifest these blessings Told them live it to the max So I ain't never feeling less than Then these haters trying to question Will he make it? Is he destined? I told you I'm the truth A living, walking confession I ain't lying, I ain't posting I'm just driving, I'm just hoping That I'll find an opportunity And that a door will open So I never pay attention When they tell me that I'm chosen Cause I know I'm far from famous Even though they know I'm blowing up Took a while, but they know Always cow when I'm rolling up. People doubt, always ask me how, but I'm sure enough that I'll be the greatest that my town has ever seen. Be the one to pick them up when they're down like a towing truck. Working, yeah, I'm working, put my team on, that's for certain. I swear that's the naked truth hiding behind those shower curtains. I managed to keep it clean, making music without cursing. Now I'm entering the system, watch me do it like a surgeon, that's for certain.
To the press box and the tailgate crew. Big shout out to to my man T Rex and my admin Wendy. Um, we had a great time last night at the at the Irish Bread Pub in West Point, Georgia. Um, had a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, never to go back. Um, but you didn't hear me say that on live radio. But it had to be said. Um, uh, I Never mind, never mind. We'll just jump back. Well, I don't want to make politics. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, getting back into some football because this is an upbeat and happy show, and I like upbeat and happy things. So, and one of the things that makes me upbeat and happy is talking about Tennessee getting beat by somebody. And in Tennessee, they've had three straight losses. Two losses by a touchdown or less um, this year. They play Georgia, and they play Georgia at Neyland Stadium today. And Georgia rebound is in the, they're rebounding from a loss to Alabama, and in which I was somewhat heartbroken. But you know, it's all good because Auburn won last week too, so um, I'm happy about that. Uh, <laughs> Truth be told, but um, this is a game where the stars have to step up. 
And this is also a game where Grayson Lambert has to quote unquote write his which he had no wrongs. They just didn't give him anything. Now a lot of Georgia fans say say things about about Grayson Lambert that one one is unfair and two is not true about the guy. The guy is a very smart player who played for a very mediocre head coach at at Virginia. He comes to Georgia and shows what he can do in an offense that's very complex and very intricate under Brian Schottenheimer. And last night, he last week he goes seven for seventeen for seventy eight yards and and no touchdowns. So if you look at it from that perspective, and throw the interceptions, Bryce Ramsey did. He handed the ball off to Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb got his hundred and whatever yards he got in a touchdown. But the thing of it is. Jason Lambert is in the back quarterback. Your play calling last week really sucked. I mean, let's just put it that way. Your play calling sucked last week. You didn't give this guy a chance to be successful. You didn't give your offense a chance to be successful. You didn't do any any of the things that you said that you wanted to do during that game. And that was control the, the control the offensive line, control the defensive line. That never happened. So Tennessee. Tennessee's probably going to do the same thing as Georgia because they do have they do have two great running backs in Jalen Hurd and uh, and Alvin Kamara and for that to be for that to be the paramount for Georgia Georgia has to stop the run they got exposed to stop the run and they actually let a mediocre quarterback like Jacob Coker hmm. I said mediocre because. He hadn't proven anything yet. He just he just took what the offense gave him last week. And if I'm if I'm not if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, am I am I right or wrong? He just gave, he took what the defense gave him last week. But that's smart quarterback. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. You 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 expose a quarterback who's not that really that great of a quarterback, who I don't think he'll be a starting quarterback next year. I don't think he'll be starting quarterback next year. I don't think I don't think so. Look, I'm gonna say it like this. I mean, okay, I agree with you on that. And, and the thing about the thing about Jacob Coker is, comes with a bit of baggage because he was the guy after AJ McCann at St. Paul. Okay, so. He comes with he comes with a back with a pedigree of being an elite eleven quarterback who sat behind James. They all different change, man. But this is a guy. I mean, and then you're behind. And then you got another elite eleven quarterback who's a dual threat quarterback. He can be a dual threat quarterback. He wanted to. So you don't think that Blake Barnett will be will will, will start in Lane Kiffin's offense? He's tailor made for that offense, dude. I mean, if you if you if you look at if you look at it from from this perspective, he's tailor made for that offense. He he's got a big arm. He can throw the deep ball. He can get out and run like Blake Sims did last year, last year. So 
if you look at it from that perspective, he could be the man. He could be, but I ain't gonna put something there, man. Everybody put something down. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna put the man down, but I just think that he, I don't think that he's as good as as advertised. Are you are you saying that because you're an Alabama fan, or you saying that because because you actually like the guy? Let's be let's be truthful here. Do you really like it? Game, man. That's the only thing I needed. When everybody else was leaving the stadium, I was still watching that game. I was too. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I wanted to see what he could do. But at the same time, but at the same time, let, let let's look at it this way in that old Miss game with Alabama. Alabama. Do you know, I was, I was about that's, that's the point I was about to make. Okay. Nick Saban outcoached himself that game because, I mean, this is, he's made this mistake before. Sometimes his arrogance gets the best of him. You know, when you went for the field goal instead of making it in the overtime yeah. in the Iron Bowl, because honestly, and I'm an Auburn fan, and you know this, you know this, T-Rex knows this from the heart. With Nick Saban sometimes, Nick Saban will out-coach and out-think himself. Nick Saban will out-coach and out-think himself because why would you want one second back on the clock and then go out and kick a 57-yard field goal that – Really, he he rolled the crap out that ball. He really, he, I mean, Adam, Adam, he kicked the piss out that ball. It was just a yard short. But at the same time, when you look at it from that perspective, he shouldn't have never did that. Should he ever start at David Cornwell? No, 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 no. If you were going to start anybody, you would have took the rest off off of uh, Blake Barnett. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna start somebody, because you David Cornwell threw three interceptions in his first series, and then he had a fumble in that and he had a fumble, he fumbled right. He fumbled. He had four turnovers himself. Jacob Coker threw the other interception. So I mean, it it, it was a bad offensive display. It was a you know the special teams. Just wasn't a complete game, and everybody talked about how they couldn't stop the run, how they couldn't stop the pass. Yeah, they still got questions. Yeah, Alabama still has questions in the secondary. Their front seven last last week was excellent. Aside from aside from giving up the 146 yards, and he got he got that on one run, really, really pretty much. I mean. He was pretty much shut down that entire game. Nick Chubb was, but when you look at it from that perspective, and you look at you look at what Georgia did to other teams, yeah, and you look at what what happened with Alabama. Kerry Smart just Kerry Smart actually made himself a head coach somewhere. I mean, whether whether the Alabama faithful want to believe it or not. 
you just made Kirby Smart a rich man <laughs> like by that performance last week. Because now you got I mean, Maryland's gonna come after him. Possibly um possibly Vanderbilt, possibly Georgia. I mean, we all know that his dream job is Georgia. We we know this and he's actually come out that he would love to be the head coach at Georgia, being a Georgia graduate. And do I think that he could be the next head coach? Of course. But I think with that being said, Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia's got a got tough next couple of weeks. Tennessee's got a tough next couple of weeks also. I mean, they got Georgia this week, then Alabama next week. So, I mean, I like I like Georgia in this game because I think they got a better running game. I think they got a better offensive line. But do I think that Georgia will win this game based on that? Sure, it could happen. Tennessee, they can't finish ball games. So, I mean, Tennessee's just going hot all day long. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, the Jekyll are hot all day long. So, I, I, I'm i going to go with Georgia in this game simply because I like the running game. I like the I like the four running backs that, that Georgia has. I like the quarterback play, even though the quarterback isn't as good as people. He's not. He's not. He's not an awful quarterback. He just played under a, under an awful head coach at Virginia and played on the two different offensive coordinators. Yeah. Now he's playing under his third and he's playing in the in an offense that suits him. Where he can be a game manager. He ain't got to have the ball on his on his he ain't got to have the ball in his hands all the time. So I think he'll get back to, to being that player we saw the last three games the three games before the um before the Alabama I mean, can I call it debacle or can I call it something else? Yeah, because it was it was a butt whooping. That, that, that's pretty much what it was. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Georgia. I'm gonna go with Georgia. They're gonna rebound and and get back in, into that SEC East race. And uh, lastly, but certainly not least, game at ten o'clock tonight. You know. All eyes are there. Game day is there in Salt Lake City. Number five, Utah. Number 25, three, Cal. Sorry. I I was going by the AP ranking. Sorry. <laughs> um, but it, in, any, in any way, Cal should be ranked higher anyway. So I actually like this game. I actually like I just like both quarterbacks. I think both quarterbacks are are legit uh, draft picks coming out of 2016 with Christian Hackenberg with uh, and and that set of guys. I like Jared Goff. I love Travis Wilson. You know, the two big stand up guys in the pocket that can throw the ball all over the field. Um, Tony Franklin. Uh, former Auburn offensive coordinator is the offensive coordinator out at Cal, and he's finally got a quarterback that actually suits his system. And he had a quarterback 
at Auburn when he was healthy. But when they shut him down for the year and Jay Jacobs decided to stick his nose into Auburn's business, into the Auburn football business and get rid of the offensive coordinator in the middle of the season, you know, it kind of, it kind of made everybody mad. So, um, and I also like, I also like uh, Utah because Utah, Utah's always been that sleeping giant, you know, whenever Meyer was there and now that uh, Kyle Whittingham's there in his 12th year, um, you, you, you tend to see different things happen at Utah. You know, Kyle Whittingham had, had Brian Johnson. Uh, as offense coordinator, Brian Johnson moved on. Brian Johnson also came back. Um, he is he is that he's that good of an offensive coordinator, and he's got a great offensive mind. Um, I I like what what Utah's done. I mean, Utah went to Eugene and beat Oregon. At home by forty almost. So, and I like and I like Cal also because Cal has also they've gone to Texas and they beat Texas by a point and I just I just really think that I really think that Cal could pull an upset but I don't I my cousin played for Cal that's why I go for Cal so Cal gonna win Brock this situation my blood runs there. And, you know, and I like Cal. I mean, I should, I mean, that was one of my schools I actually applied to. I didn't get accepted, but uh, I did get accepted to K State, and so you know, I'm always, I'm always gonna be a K State man, as well as an Auburn man, because K State was the school that was gonna give me an opportunity to play football and play, and you know, and get education there also. So I always got a special affinity for K State, but. um that being said, you know, I like Cal in this game. I think they'll upset Utah simply because I love the tight ends. I love the receivers. I love their running game. I mean, I love everything about what Cal does in the Pac-12. Um, and Sonny Dice has got something great going on there. And that's what makes, that's what makes this game so – very important in the grand scheme of the playoffs because USC's got two losses. Yeah. Oregon's got two losses. Yeah. Washington's got one loss in the conference. But they also beat USC. It's, I mean, it really is. And, you know, you you would you would have thought that the Pac-12 South was gonna cannibalize itself, but it's actually the Pac-12 North that's cannibalizing itself, and they may cancel themselves out of the college football playoff simply because of that, and that's a sad sad situation because there's some great teams that could that could do some good things in in that college football playoff from the Pac-12. So. But I, I I actually like I actually like uh Cal I actually like Cal by a touchdown in this game. Yeah. And you know, and and the reason why I, I mean, and again, 
the the offense is good. The defense is gonna get some stops. We know that Utah is gonna get some stops, but it's gonna come down to what quarterback is gonna step up. And I really think that Jared Goff's gonna step up and he's gonna play. So he's gonna play well. So and here we go with the Auburn with the Auburn joke. Just sitting in here right now in three, two, one. See, I love you. See, see, this is my brother Cordier. And if everybody don't know, this is DJ EA Turntable Thursdays. I mean I'm Elgon fan. The picks on the table. Let's do, do that. Really think, in your mind, not your heart, in your mind. Cause your heart gonna tell you from else. You know your heart. But do you really think the arm gonna be Elgon? You know, my my initial thought is no. I ain't simply because of the year that we're having, but. If you look at it from from an analyst standpoint, I think you actually have to break it down by position. By, I mean, running back. I mean, okay, you look at quarterback. Quarterbacks wash because you don't you don't know what what you're gonna get from either one of those teams from quarterback I play. You know, you know, and you know what? It, it could be possible, but you know, you, you just don't know. You know, you look at it that way, and you go to running back play, and you look at the running back play, and you kind of have to give Alabama the the yeah, simply because Derek Henry is actually doing his thing, you know, and. Auburn doesn't have that that signature back like they've had in the last couple of years, yeah. you know. So you kind of have to give that, kind of to give that edge to Alabama. You know, you go to offensive line play. That's a watch too, because you got you got. I mean, you got two good offensive lines too, you know. Yeah. And then you go to your defensive line. I mean, that's pretty much a watch when you got Carl Lawson playing for Alabama. Yeah. And you got your front, your front three in, you know, at Alabama. You know, right now since they're healthy, you got to give Alabama the edge on that. You know, and yeah, it, 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 it just so on and so oh, forth. Yeah. I mean, so when you look at it from that way, I mean, like the pros are gonna over, outweigh the cons. And in your case, you know, you got a lot of positives on the Alabama side. And you got a lot of negatives on the on the Auburn side because you don't know what you're gonna get. Well, the thing about me with Alabama, man, we tend to not be very consistent and having great games. So if we can keep this up, like winning at the wins, we got somewhere, but if we mess around and win, but by you know a mere second or so, yes, yes, right. I mean, and. If you look at it, if you look at it from that from that point from that point of perspective, you think about what you just said. Alabama 
consistently is a is a third and fourth quarter team. Yeah, but places that they think that they can they're invincible, they can beat everybody, and sometimes it it turns around and bites them in the butt, you know. Yeah. So that from that from that point, it, it's real hard to say what you can what what all what gonna do, what Alabama's gonna do. I mean. Do I think next week? You know, well, we'll, we'll talk. I'll talk about. I'll talk about Georgia, Tennessee next week. But Alabama this week. I mean, they got Arkansas. So, wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, my my five year old my five year old nephew is is a. Uh, he, he he's picking up a twenty five pound dumbbell and walking around with it like it's nothing. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm getting kind of scared now. But um, <laughs> but well, we're gonna you know since we're on that on that course right now, you know, Alabama Arkansas seven o'clock ESPN game. I really, do, I mean, I'm, you know, and I'm not, and, and I'm gonna tell you why I'm not scared. I'm not scared to pick Alabama to win, to win uh, handily because a Arkansas can't finish a football game to save their life. <laughs> I mean, I mean, last week, last week you go into you go you go into Tennessee and you get a fluke win. Over Tennessee. At the same time, you had a you had two guys that went over 100 yards rushing, and a quarterback that that threw for that threw for a little over 200 yards. So it is. <laughs> I, I I I like Alabama because looking back at the Alabama, looking back at the Alabama Georgia game and what they did in that game. Offensively, just um, a line wise. I really think that Georgia just really thought they were going to punch every thousand years they used to win. You know, and. Yeah, and see, that's what's going to happen tonight, too, with with, with, with Arkansas. Yeah. I think Alabama is going to win that game because they've got, them, they've, they've got that little bit of a mojo back, you know, so to speak. And. They're playing in the friendly confines of Brian Denny Stadium yeah. at night, and you know, in the last fifteen—I mean, in the last fifteen years—they've only lost at home times in night games. <laughs> Two of those games. The losses were to Peyton Manning-led Tennessee teams. Nobody's won more than two games at uh, Brian Denny Stadium. Hey, yeah, nobody in that in that time frame. Nobody's won more than two. No schools won more than two games at Brian Denny. So that's a bad omen for for Arkansas. A bad omen for Arkansas. So I mean, Alex Collins got he's got to come out pretty pretty fast. Derek Henry's gonna come out fast, and Jake Jake Coker he's a, 
he's got a little bit of confidence now. Now that he, you know, that he's been given a chance to just play the game. So I really, I really think that they're gonna right the wrongs in that, in that, um, in that old Miss game, home old Miss home games at night. So I, I like, I like Alabama big. I mean, I, I like Alabama big. They got to win, man. I, 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 I. I <laughs> Three touchdowns. Three. three touchdowns. Hey, it's, like, it's, it's not consistent, man. I mean, Coker's not consistent as a quarterback. Like he had these great games, then he had to come back and have these. What is Coker doing at this game? Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like two teams that you that you that you won against. After the Ole Miss game, I mean, you had four touchdowns, two interceptions. So I mean, like he, he's not playing awful. He's just not playing the type of. I mean, because he's not, he's not a game manager. If you look at it from that, like from that, he's not a game manager, and that's what that's what the kind of offense that Lane Kiffin runs, where you manage the game. He's not a game manager. He likes to have the, he likes to have pressure on him. He likes to throw the ball. Yeah. So, I think that's what that's what's going to make things difficult with him. But like I said, I like I like I like Alabama about three touchdowns. And with that, we got about we got about ten minutes until game time to kick off. Um. We still got food on the grill. We still on, we still on the truck. We in the press box. We we doing our thing. But um, we gonna give give my uh, special thanks to my to my man, my friend, my brother, Cordier, DJ EA. Check him out. Turntable Thursdays. Um, special thanks to my man T Rex. For being a part, for being, for letting me be a part of the show, let me be a part of the, the Live by Terrence Network, the Admin Wendy, Casey, um, Casey, Cordier, Wendy, Valencia, TJ, Deontay, Cameron, Tayden. and um. T-Rex, who we have? Who you having on the show for uh, the Live by Tan show this weekend? This week, mm-hmm. so hopefully, hopefully that that'll be determined on Tuesday. Um, I'm hoping that everybody has a great weekend. Hoping everybody has has fun this week. Uh, being careful at your tailgates, being careful at whatever game you you're uh, you're going to, and uh, special good luck to the U.S. national to the U.S. national men's national soccer team. They play Mexico tonight um, in a one-off playoff for um, for a spot in the Confederations Cup, um, which is second in prestige to the World Cup. So. Um, 
very excited to see good things happen in and around in and around football. Again, thank you for being a part of the show. Thanks for being uh thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Let's go tailgating.